The Bloomer Costume, or The Figure of Fun, by Edward Sterling. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Bloomer Costume, or The Figure of Fun, an original farce in one act, by Edmund Sterling. Remarks There is no weapon so formidable as satire, ably directed, against any innovation upon the accepted rules of society. Turn anything successfully into ridicule, and it ceases to exist. This universally acknowledged power of ridicule has accomplished more to laugh down the bloomer costume than any unwarrantable interference by rude and vulgar minds with the right of all to dress as they think proper, provided they dress with modesty, can ever effect. Persecution invariably creates proselytes. It is this view of the case which has induced the publisher to add this farce to the list of his minor drama. The part of Martha Bailey affords a good actress ample scope for the display of comic talent, while Cockles, the showman, his boy Nobby, and the false-hearted tailor, Joseph Jumps, are sketches capable of being well filled up in able hands. The whole point of the piece consists in the unfortunate position in which the wearer of the bloomer costume is placed as one of the supposed curiosities in the collection of cockles. Mr. Sterling seems to have adopted the title merely ad captandum for a very amusing farce. F.C.W. Cast of Characters Christopher Cockles, a showman, read by Andrew Gantz. Nobby Nick, his boy. Read by Adrian Stevens. Joseph Jumps, a tailor, false and fickle. Read by Mike Manalakis. Martha Bailey, a victim of circumstance and the bloomer costume. Read by Devorah Allen. Miss Eliza Todd, a baker's daughter. Read by Kelly Taylor. Stage directions. Read by David Purdy. Costume. Modern dress of 1851. The costume of Martha Bailey, when changed, is the most grotesque style of bloomer dress. Consequence of wearing the breeches. Extract from the Kirk Session Register of Perth, showing the consequence in former times of putting on the breeks. April 16, 1632. Conform to citation. Compared Jane Gibson, a servant lass, and is accused of indecent wantonness in putting on men's clothes upon her. She answered that she simply drew upon her a pair of breeks and cast them off immediately, and she promised never to do the like hereafter. She is committed to ward to remain the space of three hours. The Bloomer Costume, or A Figure of Fun Scene Interior of a caravan of waxwork An opening with a curtain center leading to steps A small door the scene is enclosed and the roof low, resembling a show. Figures stuffed and in profile stand round the stage, separated from the interior by a rope. A packing case on the stage. A placard in large letters on the walls. Cockle's Royal Original Waxwork. Noise of drums, trumpets, pendian pipes, etc., outside and loud shouts. Cockle's discovered opening packing case. Cockles, taking up a printed bill and fixing it, 
notice to the fairer sex look out ladies she's come the bloomer just arrived from new york in two ships that's a hit or i know nothing of management this bill must do the trick once work upon the feelings and the british public's little sixpences are sure to drop in dancing dogs panoramas and cant have sent tragedy weeping to the tomb and put comedy to bed waxwork is the best dodge now people like to see heroes and housebreakers reduced to wax it makes a lasting impression on them calls nick nick where the devil are you nick without here governor enters from trap left hand i've been under the caravan mending an owl where the boys peeps in and sees the images for nothing you must bustle about fair rosamond wants a bowl of poison mary queen of scots her nose mended and bonaparte has lost his crown serves him right he's such a restless image gives me more trouble than the lot put together the emperor of rushi's head's a little out of order it's always hard enough about the pole now for the great feature of the collection the wonder excitement etc see public press the new female bloomer dress for the ladies regardless of expense i've imported a real figure and dress direct from america a model of the coming fashion and revolution among the petticoats good-bye to frills flounces and street-sweeping trains there will be a certain hundred per cent saved to the husbands in haberdashery bills the thing must end in opens case starting murder ruin holds up a figure in the bloomer costume broken i guess and calculate she's gone to immortal smash oh yes laughs unfeeling rascal what excuse can i make to the anxious public say she's been smashed on the rail people are used to it nowadays cockles pacing stage what's to be done i must show the dress you won't do for a bloomer no i'm only a blossom besides corduroys and wellingtons don't suit the new dodge my rival monsieur gamonini will draw all the money to his exhibition if we don't hit the right nail you're not over ugly master suppose you try the bloomer who's to beat the gong i will and attend to the money i'll give it earnest attention i'll ease em i'll coax em in this way this way walk forward here here no i prefer keeping my own account it saves chalk and adding up noise of voices music etc the fairs began runs to centre shall i open the doors and tell em to walk in there's a rush on the steps of a gal and a basket let's take her in for nothing no 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 we dared not the caravan would be torn to pieces scattered to the winds read that points to bill which he shows the bloomer beauty beauty's the principal feature sits disconsolately it generally is everywhere shouts and drums without they've all the money next door tell the public that the steamboat burst and the wax ran away it is useless voice without the only waxwork cockles rushing to the opening no no i'm the only real waxwork the royal cockles the genuine cockles rush forward be in time look at the prices only six pence nick blows the pandean pipes nick left hand removing packing case the governor's recovered his spirits 
It ought to be a shilling, but I'll make you a present of sixpence. Huzzahs. That touched em up. Try the speaking trumpet and coaxing. Offer em an inducement. They won't take it. Gamanini's drawing them all. Beauty's ruined us. It's ruined a rare lot besides us, master. Tell em none but members of parliament. And the newspapers submitted free, gratis. Genius is without a feather to fly with or a copper to spend. Take off price. And destroy the dignity of the art? No, I love my profession too much for that. I'd rather shut up and take a national theater. Exits left hand. Nick stands at center door. Patty appears on the steps, astonished. Oh my! Oh dear! Well, I never... This way, mum. Walk up, walk up. Be in time. If you please, sir. Are you the royal waxwork? I am, my dear. All alive. Oh, all alive. Oh. Am I too late, sir? Not a bit. We've kept the King of Rushi and Prushi waiting for you, and put the performance off accordingly. Much obliged to you, sir. How much is it to pay? Sixpence is the paltry charge, but we generally leaves it to the feelings of the gentry to give what they likes. The gentry? He takes me for missus. I have borrowed her best gown. You won't think a shilling too much? Not if it were twice as much, my lady. Takes it. This is the first show I was ever in. When I came up the steps I felt quite timbersome. My heart jumped about like a mouse in a mustard pot. All nature, my love. The mind naturally sinks under the stupendous event. It must be a strong mind that can stand against master's tongue and trumpet. But I was determined to come. Mrs. wanted me to go a teetotaling. No, mim, says I. To the fair I'll go, if I die for it. Twenty-two and see nothing but play-actors and dancing dogs and such like flim-flams. You're a gal of spirit, I see. That's a mistake. A nothing stronger than weak tea passes my lips, ally coals. I abominate having accepted the pledge. When will the show begin? Because I'm tied to time. We generally are tied to it, sometimes behind it. I'll exhibit the collection myself and earn a sixpence. You may behold the finest, the largest, the best royal waxwork in the world. It costs more money than you can count. It ain't in earnest, is it, sir? Real earnest, and twice as natural as life. Dear me, how wonderful. Do they speak? With their eyes. We've shut up their mouths and given their tongues an holiday. Points with wand. Now we'll begin. Hadn't we better wait for the king of Rushi and Prushi? Since he was so polite to stay for me. Not a minute. He's gone home to our dinner. Nick goes to the opening. Center. Now, Gaffner, let them all in. Enter Cockles with a quantity of visitors, male and female, children, etc., speaking as he enters. This way, my pretty dears. You pays your money here, and then you sees the show. They each give him money, and he exits center, calling, This way, this way, just going to begin. Look to the right, my little dear. You will observe the delight of the nobility and gentry. The old ancient lady, the Countess of St. Vitus. She was christened after the dancer and died dancing mad of the island fling at 195 years of age. The animal is the royal African-Russian hyena, measuring 14 feet from the tip of his nose to the end of his tail, and the same distance back again, making in all 28 square cubic feet. He hurries in the woods in the night season, like a human being in distress, 
and then devours all that comes to his assistance a sad instance of the depravity of human nature turn your eyes to the left my little dear and there behold a famous female poisoner queen catherine de medicine the physic was named after her she artfully poisoned her victims by giving em small doses of quicksilver and pickled salmon but they were cured by holloway's pills to the right my little dear stands julius cheeser a great irish general as he led in the foot guards against boney at the battle of waterloo near him on the left sits a lovely maid of honour to king solomon she unfortunately fell in love with a curly french lapdog caught the phobia took to barking and died in the dog days how affecting are there any maids of honour alive now sir very few my dear there's no honour among the maids only tricks now don't touch the images eyes on hands off i'd give anything for my young man to see this sight he'd never shut his eyes again you've got a young man then bless you i'm never without one sometimes two but i only regularly keeps company with one at a time joseph jumps a tailor is my fond admirer now though sometimes the butcher will whistle can't you come out tonight down the airy which makes joseph quite lunatic and he threatens to hang himself in a jack-towel now miss you shall see the murderers and cutthroats in our chamber of horrors walk round takes her hand patty breaking from him no no i'd rather not if you please i've had quite enough for my money there's plenty of murders in the papers and i get the horrors at home missus gives me them were it in about cold meat and candles i wish she was at old cockles without nick nick talk of the devil crossing to right cockles re-entering sound the gong we mustn't go to sleep turn em all out and then they'll be ready to come in again the visitors all depart center the boys shouting nick beats the drum and blows the pendian pipes nick giving money i've exhibited such a green un she's fallen in love with the images aside sixpence for myself this way walk forward exit up the steps with speaking trumpet patty sighs oh i can't bear to tear myself away from these lovely dresses what gold and silver well i'm obligated to put up with paltry cotton why wasn't i made of wax instead of clay my case would have been different then and bows would have waited on me instead of my waiting on the confounded bells you admire the figures eh my love beyond expression i could live here forever on board wages how long can you stay out till the flying horse comes round with a nine o'clock beer an idea strikes me she's young and pretty and would make a knobby bloomer i'll try should you really like to be dressed finely where's one of our sex that wouldn't i could help you if you'd consent don't tempt me sir ribbons and laces are my weaknesses in a word one of my best figures the star of the west by an unlucky accident has had her head knocked off and her legs amputated this ruins my prospects now if you will put on the dress of the last fashion and stand amongst the figures for an hour or two i'll give you five shillings make a figure of me of loveliness in the most becoming dress in the world the beautiful bloomer shan't i be found out not if you remain still 
and keep your mouth shut? Hmm, that's a difficult thing for a servant of all work. Considering. If I wasn't afraid, I should like the fun of the thing. <laughs> Who's afraid? Think of the honor. You're the only person I would allow to stand among such high nobility. Why, the queen herself would willingly change her crown for your five shillings. Would she, though? But ain't it wicked to sham and make believe? Nonsense. Shams considered a virtue. All the world are making believe nowadays. Let me persuade you, miss. My young man's so particular and evangelical. It ain't conjuring a play-acting, is it? Play-acting? Nothing so unfashionable. It belonged to the fine arts, sculpture, and chiseling. Do it, and I'll give you an extra joey, my lollipops. I think I will. Mind only for an hour. Not a minute over. Step in there. Points to door right. You'll find the dress on the figure. I'll paint your face. No, you won't. I'm not going to have it smudged over with brick dust. Anything you please. Be quick with the dress. I can put it on the bill now. Runs to door. Here, here, she's come at last, just arrived, the lady's delight, the original bloomer. Blow the trumpet, Nick. Exit down steps. Shouts and music. What a scene of wonder and agitation. I can scarcely keep my equilibrium. Everything is running round. A total change for a shilling. Kings and queens and princes mixture for a back kitchen. How my dreams have all come round. Last night that ever was, I dreamt that I dwelt in marble halls. A gypsy fortune-teller once told me I should live to be a somebody besides myself. Keep company with nobility? What a study for the natural gallery. Jumps would be struck with admiration and wonder, and for the first time be impressed with the value of the prize he has won in the lottery of sweethearts. He's getting impatient, and wants me to name the happy day. I'm in no great hurry, fearing matrimony's something like wedding cake. All the sugar at the top. I dreamt I dwelt at Madame Tussauds with cutthroats and kings by my side. And all the wax figures in those abodes at midnight were horrified. I dreamt William the Fourth sat down to smoke with Collins who aimed at his eye. And I also dreamt King Hal, what a joke, dance the polka with Mistress Fry. Dance the polka, the polka with Mistress Fry. Dance the polka, the polka with me. Mistress Fry. She dances eight bars of a polka. Comic. I dreamt that Napoleon Bonaparte was waltzing with Madame Tay. That O'Connell to study the regicide act had a gossip with Fachier. And pen-making eyes with Queen Bess I saw, and pit-taking grog with Fox. And I also dreamt the sun melted, oh la, the nose of Lord Brougham and Vox. The nose of the nose of Lord Brougham and Vox. The nose of the nose of Lord Brougham and Vox. Dances at the end of which brigands' arms move. Blow on drum, exit right rapidly. 
Nick peeps in center through the curtain. She's dressing up years ago, a live waxwork, a novelty in natural history. It beats the singing mouse and the circus hollow. What insinuating wise master asked with him to persuade the ignorant young creature to make such a fool of herself, though it certainly don't require much sense to make the poor gals do that. Their heads are soft like lumps of putty and can be wheedled and squeezed into any shape. All right, governor, she'll do it. Beauty's the thing to tickle their fancy. Cockles enters center, laughing, rubbing his hands. <laughs> Hush, you'll frighten her. If things go well, we shall get up an excitement and pocket the tin after all. Suppose she moves. Say she's hung on wires. She might cough. All the better. Made to imitate nature. That's the ticket. If she runs away? Let her run. The heart melted the wax. Never think of failures. Success is our only object, my boy. Once get the discerning public inside, gammon and imagination will do the rest. Nature's the philosophy I study, my boy. It's the showman's alphabet. I studies myth chief, and it comes naturally. Patty, within. Put on these queer things, if you please. <laughs> the lady's delight bothers her. We mustn't hear her. Hush, we're deaf. Runs upstage. What a genius master has. Lying comes easier than the truth to him. Such a face, too. Or brass. Then I never heard so much done with a speaking trumpet before. And his rolls on the drum drive one into fits. Wouldn't I give something to equal him? But it ain't in me. He's at the top of the ladder while I'm obliged to hold it up. Is she quiet? Nick nods. Capital. Peeps right-hand door. The dress becomes her. A real beauty looks the character to a T. A rare lot of them beauties have no character to look, master. Upon my word, she's a nice article to mind the doors. We shall be ready to begin directly. Not a word. Nick, going. I'm dumb. I'll tell all the boys in the fair. Aside. Crikey, years ago. Exit. Really a charming little girl. Her smile makes the very hapens dance in my pocket. I wonder if she's got any trifles in the savings bank, and happens to be of a confiding, trusting disposition. Conceals himself behind figures. Patty re-enters speaking. Dressed a la bloomer. Walks round the stage. In waxwork, if you please, I'm very uncomfortable in these outlandish things. My feelings don't simulate with them. You never mentioned them to me. Cockles points to the trousers. Oh, no, we never mentioned them. You'll become the envy of your sex, the glass of fashion, a living wonder. All the folks will stare at me in waxwork. I hope so. Place yourself near the dying brigand. Next that ugly man with the dagger? I should faint, sir. Stand by the hero of a hundred fights. No fighting for my money. It's gone clean out of fashion, thank goodness. You're right. Peace and plenty is the motto to live and die under. This will suit arm and arm with Mrs. Fry. Fry? I'm in a nice stew already. These tomfool things harass me. If Mother or Mrs. ever heard of this, they'd turn me out of doors. They never will. Places her among the figures. It's nothing when you're used to it. Oh, don't, if you please. I can't bear it. Pray let me go. My mind gives way. Nick, peeping center curtain. Such a jolly lot on the steps, master. Hold up your head. Remember the money and the honor. 
<laughs> what a figure of fun. Walk up, this way, this way. Beats the drum. Brigand's arm moves. Patty screams and falls on a figure. Cockles pulls her up. Damn it, don't. I'm beginning to go. Nick laughs. Keep your eyes shut. I can't. Look at the digger. Ugh. Do be sensible. There's a good girl. I ain't a good girl. I'm a bad girl to do this. Let me go. She'll spoil all. Listen to reason. I won't. Give me my lawful things. These ain't fit for a Christian serving gal with six pounds a year and four Sundays out. Tries to move. Woman. Unfortunate woman. She starts. Move an inch or speak, and Guy Fox shall blow you up. It ain't the 5th of November yet. Do you see that dagger? Don't I? Oh, Lord. Another word, and it is buried in your heart. I want my mother. It's coming. There's two on the steps won't stay any longer. The tellers are spending their money in the cockshies and lucky bags. We shall lose them. Do make ice, governor. Peeping through a hole in the curtain. You hear, woman? No more nonsense. I've hired, bought. Aside. But will never pay. For you. Don't rouse my anger. Don't beard the lion in his den. Exit left. A lion? I believe you, and I'm one of his pups. Exit center, laughing. Merciful gracious, in a wild beast den. They keep him underneath, I suppose. What will become of me? There's no getting out. If I scream, they may let him loose to devour me. Weeps. If poor mother knew how I've been deluded from the right way, what could have induced me to come to the horrid fair? Why wasn't I contented at home? Jumps would have bought a fairing, and I might have seen the butcher on the sly. Nick opens center. Joseph jumps and Miss Eliza Todd, showily dressed, enter. Patty shuts her eyes. Walk forward. Now you behold the delight of the nobility and gentry, the best and most magnificentest collection of the uninhabitable world. There they stand, great men, little women, giants, dwarfs, patriots, and cutthroats, all more natural than life. Pointing to a stuffed figure of a sailor. That's the original William that married Susan, enlisted in the Blues, and settled among the fleet in the Downs. That chap there's first cousin to Macbeth, and the eldest son of Rob Roy. He invented the bagpipes and blowed himself to death. I'll take your money now, if you please. This is the act that holds it. None for myself, unless he likes to give nothing extra. There's the waxwork we shall show directly. That's... Points to Paddy. The bloomer dodge from Kentucky. It looks like wax, and it wax life holler. Be in time, be in time. Exit center. Dear me, it's very peculiar. Nothing super fine about it. A sort of uh, betwixt and between garment. Life a pot of half and half, and neither one thing or t'other. What a delicious pair of ducks. The figure's awkward and not half as natural as the others. That voice. Opens her eyes. Starts. Jumps, my own Joseph. Look, the eyes open and shut. They all do when they pull the wires behind, love. His love? I thought I was his only flame. How do you like her nose? Not at all. It's a pug. Patty, forgetting. It's false. Everybody knows it's a Roman. Oh, dear. Shuts her eyes. I forgot. I'm a figure. Eliza looks round. Did you hear anyone speak? The noise? No, it's only an echo of imagination. Those dresses are prime cloth, aren't they? I hope you relish this little treat. Little treat? My mind is filled with rapture. 
Music and monkeys are delightful. I shall always think of the monkeys when I look at you, dear Joseph. Dear Joseph, snake. Blessed Betsy. Patty starts and groans. Oh, how I long to call you mine forever to make you a jumps. Embraces and kisses her. Don't, don't, I beg. She means do, do, and begs for more. I shall scream out soon. My flesh begins to crawl. Rather lucky to escape the ferret eyes of that Martha Bailey. She's always on the watch. I can't move for her evil glances. Ferret eyes have I, sir. Very good. She bores me to death, morning, noon, and night. The world says you're rather fond of her, Joseph. Fond of poison? I hate her. Wretch! And he vowed I was the idol of his soul. Confess you paid her some attention. Never. I've paid attention to the cupboard. <laughs> Suppers every night, free gratis. Ooh. Threatens. Besides money for beer. I fear you are deceiver. A gay trifler. I know he is. No, on my honor. Hear me register an oath. Hush! They will hear us outside. Let him hear and see. You're mine. I defy the world in arms. Kisses her. Oh, how I long to stitch you to my side. Don't. Paul will be angry if he finds us out and will stop my pocket money. He shan't. He shall. I'll tell him. I've bought the ring that's to bind our loving hearts. Shows ring. Fits to a hair. Tries it on. I lend him the money for one to bind our two loving hearts together. Oh, how I've pined for this opportunity to open my mind and pour out the truth at your feet. Blessed Betsy, you are an angel. Let us swear to be true to each other, like Romeo and Juliet in the play. They kneel. I swear. Patty in a hollow voice. So do I. You've got a cold in the head, sweet. I never spoke. Rising. But I did. Throws Brigand's head at them. Monster. A blow on the drum. Brigand's arms move rapidly. Oh, the place is haunted. There's a ghost. I shall faint. Oh, Joseph. Joseph. All stuff. They're only in plays. Who's there? I'll call the inspector. Who are you? A murdered maid. Makes wry faces. Oh dear, I want my paw! Jumps, trembling. Who did it? Jumps. Joseph jumps. Oh, Joseph, what have you been and done with it? Nothing. It's false. I never did anything but cabbage a waistcoat. Give me back, my young. An infant, too? Oh, oh, false Joseph! My young affections that you stole away. You never had any to steal. Music from Don Juan. Patty advancing slowly with Brigand's dagger. False traitor. It was only in fun. Murder! Oh! Oh! A picture of horror is here formed. Patty in the center with dagger. Patty standing over him. Prepare. I ain't prepared, if you please, sir. I'm no sir, but a miss. Unfortunate Miss Bailey. Now do you know me, villain, deluder, eh? No, 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 or do I wish? Patty sticks him with dagger. Let this stir your memory up. And this, this. Stop, stop, I know you now. Dear Martha, you've touched my heart. Dear Martha, poor pitiful hedgehog. Hate me, eh? 
"'And you, stuck-up Miss Lizzie Todd, "'how dare you inveigle him here, spending my money, eh?' "'Your money? He borrowed a shilling of me, "'besides making me treat him to the dancing dogs and spice nuts.' "'Somebody must die for this indignity. "'Who so fit as you?' "'To Lizzie.' "'Jumps! He deceived us both, "'promising to marry me and fly to California.' That's where he promised to fly with me. Wretch! Beats him. Tiger! Throws Brigand's head at him and beats him round the stage with the powdered wig of one of the figures, knocking down the stuffed figures. Murder! Help! Help! Cockles and Nick rush in, followed by Mob, male and female. Nick, laughing, he falls over the figures. <laughs> Here's a wind-up for the ladies' delight. Oh, crikey! Here, here, only a penny! Capers about. What the devil is all this uproar about? Bigamy. Marrying double. Call the police. No, no, I'm single and mean to keep so. Eliza, shaking him. Then pay my shilling back, sir. And give me my ring, too, to bind my loving heart to somebody else. Snatches it. Who's to pay me for my broken images? Holding up a head. Ask that image of despair. I'm out of work and can't. Somebody must do it. Take it out of the ten shillings you promised me. She's a nice girl. The ring's ready without expense. I want a partner. How should you like to settle among the royal waxwork, my love? Waxwork? My heart melts. I'm an abandoned one. Cockles is amazingly ugly. Old Mrs. is sure to give warning without character after this. Points to clothes. I might do worse. Consent. Say the word. Let me call you Cockles. Would you be constant and attentive? As a tax-gatherer. I think I'll venture, oh, Cockles. Leans on his shoulder. Nick strikes the drum loud. Here's the ring. Pray, how do you feel now, Mr. Jumps? Never better. Let me give you away. Take her with my heart's blessing. Aside. And glad to get rid of her. Nick beats drum. Be in time, be in time. Just going to begin. Only a penny. Shut up the show. I invite you to our wedding. We'll have a rare day of it. <laughs> <laughs> One word, if you please, Mr. C. I believe I've a voice in the concern now. There's a great point to settle before we're married, especially as I ventured to assume a new style of dress. Ladies. In a whisper. Permit me to whisper in confidence. Mind how you try these new notions, as our American sisters term them. They might laugh. I don't mind it. In fact, I rather like it, being used to it, and I'm always ready to make a figure of fun of myself, or assume any shape or dress that may prove acceptable to you, and raise a cheerful smile. Finis. Curtain. End of The Bloomer Costume, or The Figure of Fun, by Edward Sterling.